Welcome to the Rags to Riches show with myself, Terry Blackburn. These podcasts are designed to motivate, educate, and to inspire you to take huge action in your life, to change your life from this moment on. I interview inspiring guests with amazing stories that you can hopefully learn from, relate to, and spur you on to achieve big things. If you want to follow my personal journey and all the different things that we do, please follow me on Instagram, which is Terry underscore Blackburn underscore property. Or on YouTube, my page is Terry Blackburn property. Me, myself, I've been from rags to riches, had nothing. Now I've built multiple businesses earning over millions of pounds. I have a multi-million pounds portfolio of property up in the northeast of England. I am by no means done yet. So please get in touch if you love the show. If you have any feedback for me, I'd really appreciate that. And I'm happy to help as many people as I possibly can. That's what this show is all about. So enjoy the episode. Take care, have a fantastic day, and don't just take notes, take action. Hi, and welcome to the Rags to Riches show with myself, Terry Blackburn. Now, today's guest is a guy called Simon Zucci. Um, if you haven't heard of Simon, um, I don't know where you've been if you're involved in property. He's been around for a while. Um, he's the founder of PIN, the Property Investor Network. Founded that in 2003, operates in over 50 cities across the country at the moment. Um, he's coached thousands of people across the country, best-selling author, and he's also the founder of Crowd Property, um, which is funded in the region of 300 plus million pounds worth of development across the country. Be a great episode, plenty of knowledge, plenty of gems. So welcome to the show, Simon. Thank you, Terry. Great to be here. Likewise. No, thank you for having us, mate. Thank you, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Yeah. So um so let's tell you what we like to do on the show is we like to talk about your career so far split into three parts yeah. uh, we we'll start the middle and the current start being how you just got into property did you stumble into it was it intentional the middle was is the exciting part the growth part all the things that you've achieved and we'll extract some lessons from that and then just the current what your attention is on now and going forward so if you can start with the start part Simon that'll be yeah. good how you got into absolutely it. so it, it's it kind of was intentional, but I definitely stumbled into it as well, if that makes sense. So uh, my family have never invested in property apart from their own homes. So I don't really have any background or, or experience of people around me like that. But when I finished university in 94 uh, in Birmingham and then managed to get a job at Cadbury's as a graduate trainee in, in production, what I wanted to do was, was get my own home. And so I, I had no money at all I, because I had a good job. I was going to get a 95% mortgage. I had to borrow the 5% deposit and the money to move and that, and that kind of thing. And I moved into a little uh, two bedroom, two up, two down house in Selly Oak in Birmingham, just next to Birmingham University where I'd studied. And that's the next suburb to Bournemouth. So it was a good location for me. I could walk to work. Um, it was uh, great because I, I knew the local pubs and used people around. So in fact, two of my friends who were still at university became lodgers. And in a student house, the downstairs front room is often a bedroom. So we did that. It was a hallway. And then two rooms upside. I had one. My other friend had the other. So what happened was because I've been quite a social person, I, I didn't want to live on my own. And these two friends live with me. And the rent that they paid me pretty much paid the mortgage and the bill so I was kind of living for free and that was that's what I thought I'd do and I'd started work at Cadbury's I wanted to climb the corporate ladder and that's what plan had come about but actually I've always been a bit entrepreneurial and I had a part-time business I'd run at the weekends and evenings 
running student nightclub events. So we go and hire a big nightclub uh, with lots of students in kind of low price, cheap drinks. Uh, and we do that every week. And it was a great business to do part time. Good business at that age. And I had this money building my business bank account. And um, my bank manager at the time, so when, when you, you might remember this, Terry, when you had a bank manager actually knew who you were and you'd speak to them occasionally, unlike, you know, call centers. Well, yeah. Hawkins <laughs> is like 55 minutes to speak to anybody. Yeah. Exactly. Very, very different then. And, and um, my bank manager said, look, what are you going to do with some money in your business bank account? And I said, well, I was thinking about doing some investing. Don't know. And he, he arranged for one of the top financial advisors from that particular bank to come round and sit down with me and, and see how we could help. And a guy called Kevin came and he helped me with my insurance. I didn't have any insurance. He helped me with my pension, didn't have a pension. And then he started talking about investments. And what I said to him was, I'd like to buy another house. And so we said, right, how much is the house really worth now? So he worked that out, how much my mortgage was, how much I was looking to buy. It's gonna move slightly closer to Cadbury's. And he said, great news, Simon. By selling this house, the equity you've got and putting it with this savings, you're going to have to get a very, very low mortgage and you should really pay that off as quick as you can. You'll have a lot more money in later life. And I said, okay, oh, hang on, Kevin. Well, that's great, but I don't want to do that. He said, what do you mean? I said, bear in mind, this was back in back end of 97. So not as many people knew about property. Um, there weren't buy-to-let mortgages. They came in 98. And I said, Kevin, what I want to do is I want to keep this house that we're in now because it's right next to university. I'm going to move to another one closer to Cabris, and this one I'm going to rent to students. Now, Kevin was a really smart guy. He had this kind of half moon glasses that professors and things have. And, and he looked at me kind of down his nose and over his glasses for what seemed like ages. And he took, this, took his glasses off and said, that sounds awfully risky to me. Now, you're not better in mind, Terry. I was like a 26-year-old at this time. Yeah. And I... You know, I think I'm fairly smart and I'm entrepreneurial, but the, the top financial advisor from this particular banking group in the whole Midlands was saying, Simon, that sounds really risky. Imagine you were there with him. What would you think? And I kind of thought, well, maybe he's right. Maybe we should buy, sell this one, buy another house, which was a slightly bigger house I was buying to. So I was moving up the ladder. Um, but what I remember, Terry, was I met my student landlords when I was um, in my third and fourth year at university, I did a combined honours degree. I went into a house and I met my landlord and I sat down, had a cup of tea. One time he came around to fix some stuff. So I said, do you want a cup of tea? And we sat down and had a chat. And he, he kind of explained how property worked. And I probably didn't really get it, to be honest, at the time, because I was probably then I don't know, 21 or something. And he said, well, I buy these houses and I rent them out. And obviously the, the rent I get each month is more than the mortgage and the bills and things. And I make profit. And he had about 100 houses in Celio. Those would be worth probably about 40 or 50 million pounds now. And um, I think something stuck in my head. And I thought, that sounds really, really good. So I think I, think I want to do that. And so that's why by accident, if you like, so I, I didn't buy an investment property. I just moved out of my first home and turned that into a three bed student HMO. And I think it's how a lot of people get into property by accident. And I think the, the difference between me and maybe other people is sometimes people, you know, they, they can't sell a house, they move on, or maybe they, they have a house, they meet a partner, they move, they got a spare house and some people rent it out, but they, they do it very much as a hobby as I was doing it. But I actually realized I had this real light bulb moment in about 1998 when I realized that this one 
single property I had that was very, very low effort for me. I'd, I'd pop in once a month as I was going past, make sure it was okay. The money would come in every month. There was no problem at all. It was making about 500 pounds profit per month. Okay. Now that's not a lot of money, but back in 1998, that wasn't bad. Bear in mind my full-time job at Cadbury's, I was earning about 1500 pounds a month. And as far as I could see, I'd have to go to work every day and give value and perform. And then if I was there a whole month, they'd then pay me. But my property, I'd spend like a couple of hours going to the house, checking if things okay, a month. And I'd get as third as much as I get my salary. I thought, hang on, if I, if I had some more of these, I could replace my salary. Now, I didn't know what I was doing. I learned very slowly. There, there, weren't, webinar, there weren't podcasts like this. There weren't webinars. The internet was only kind of just really getting going, I guess. You know, this is the day you, you wouldn't go online to find a property. You'd look at the sign. You'd call the agent probably on your landline and go around to look at the house. Right? It was very, very different then. Yeah, and so yeah. I started to buy property slowly. And by 2001, I had enough not to replace my income, but enough to know it worked and enough to cover my costs. And I left my full time job. And I remember the day I had my notice. In, it was a mixed emotion of a kind of uh, excitement but also fear as well because i thought you know this this whole idea of getting to a really good company and getting it become a senior manager working work that that's what i'd been led to believe was what you do mm. and yet i didn't have to do it and i was walking away from that and it took me a couple of years to 2003 by which i time actually fully replaced my income and i found that investing can be really lonely all my friends were working none of my family ever invested like i said apart from their own homes and I thought I really need to kind of kind of try and connect with some other people learning. And a few years before I'd started investing in my own personal development, I'd gone to a big event with Tony Robbins, Anthony Robbins, who's a peak performance coach, you've probably heard of him. And um, he talks about environment. He says, you know, you need to get around like-minded people. It's a fight. You become like the uh, five people you spend most of your time with. And I was going to breakfast networking meetings for my business. I met a great accountant, mortgage broker, solicitor, all the people I needed. The only problem is none of those people owned property apart from their own homes. So they didn't really understand what I was trying to do, what I was trying to get to. And I thought there've got to be other people like me. So in 2003, I went online to see there's some sort of property network and there wasn't any at all. Crazy since there's so much now, but there was nothing at all. So I kind of started the very first networking for property investors in the UK back wow. in 2003. One meeting, and now it's grown to 50. So that's the, the potter story of how I actually got started. How oh, it started. And it's 50 cities, um, and do they generally do one meeting per month, or is it more? Yeah, so 50 cities. Uh, well, actually, so London's got about five different locations. There's two locations in Birmingham, oh, yeah. um, but 50 different locations around the country. So, for example, I don't know, the, the first Tuesday of the month is, I think, the... The Southampton pin meeting and that's every first Tuesday of the month and the, the third Thursday of the month is like the, the Birmingham South meeting and and the idea is that it's for people who who sometimes they're new to property and they just want to find out a bit more about it they want to meet other people sometimes they're very experienced and it's interesting the more experienced people tend to be I think the more they realize how important it is yeah, to right. have like-minded people around you I'm sure you've seen that in, in business or life, the, the more successful you get, there are generally fewer and fewer people you can speak to. Mm. I think that's a, a really good point. And I kind of went on that journey at, at the start. You know, I went self-employed when I was 19. I'm 33 now. Um, I used to think, it's all me. I can do it all myself. Self-employed. No one can do it as good as me. So I'll do everything. 
And I was trying to be the office manager, the sales director, the admin, you know, trying to be everybody at once. And you do get, I, I agree with what you said, you do get to a point where it's like, I can't do everything. I'm better right. taking people on or being, and then being around people as well. The networking then came in, even yeah. later for me, then the delegation was the first thing I had to learn. And then, then yeah, network is just, you come across a deal, there's always someone who's had a similar deal or yeah. is more experienced in a certain field or, they know something about planning or they know you know something about tax and yeah. you know there's always something and, and it, it can be invaluable absolutely they seem to say your, net, your network is your net worth and i completely agree with that yeah, definitely um i just having a conversation with someone this morning i said like he was saying that his friends aren't you know in the same circles and on a different wavelength and i said you know if, yeah. you, if you hang around with five alcoholics you're probably gonna have a drink yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. it's the same principle isn't it like whereas if you knock about five healthy people you're probably going to become healthy knock about five yeah. property investors you're probably going to become one exactly because um, it's just it's just what people think about what they talk about their attitudes their beliefs and you kind of will, will take on the, the attitude and beliefs of people around you you know so uh, it's so important to, to think about who are you actually around and who are you becoming like definitely love that so, so how has it went from kind of that starting point in, in 2003 to to, to 50 cities and, and any advice on scaling that type of business? For yeah, anyone? absolutely. Well, well, what happened was, um, like you said, I kind of, I was doing everything at first myself. I had, I had someone help me a little bit, but I was pretty much doing everything. And actually, um, so I'd go along to my first network meetings, which are here in Birmingham, where I still live. And um, uh, people would say to me, Simon, how come you don't have to work? And I said, well, no, I, I, I do. I've got my properties. And you, you don't go to work. How, how come? So I started to tell people what I had done, how I'd replace my income. And actually, I realized that that's what I really like to do. I, I like to share what I've done. And I particularly like to tell you when people would listen, they go away, they come back a month or two, they say, hey, so I listen to what you said, and I've gone and got a property, and I'd get a real, a real sense of uh, meaning and significance that I'd helped someone else. They'd done the work, but I'd yeah. be given the encouragement, I'd been the catalyst to maybe help change their lives. And we've had thousands of people over the years who have literally replaced their income and they're now doing whatever they want to do, which is just incredible, right? So um, so I started to actually run courses, one-day courses, two-day courses, and uh, kind of to promote those, uh, I started pin meeting. I think we did London. I was asked to speak at one of the big property shows down there, so I did a London meeting. I think we did a Manchester meeting and maybe a Bristol meeting. So there were about four meetings a month, and I was literally one week I'd go to each place, and I was bombing around the country. I thought, this, this is not sustainable, really. So just what you said, don't think you need to do everything yourself. And actually, there were people who had done my training, uh, who had been successful. And they said, well, someone said to me, well, look, I, I'd like to have a meeting in Leeds. Can I? And I said, I can't go there. So no, no, well, maybe I can run it for you. And so basically, the, the people who run the meetings are people who have come on, they've, they've done our training, they've done really well. And they, they want to kind of, uh, A, they want to give back because they've been helped on their journey, so they're giving back to local people, but also people who are in our PIN meetings, the, the hosts, they benefit from massive credibility because they are part of a national network, that local representative. And let's say someone goes to the meeting, they've got a deal, they want to joint venture with someone, or they've got some money they want to invest. 
the person with the most trust and credibility in the room is, is the host who runs the meeting. And so uh, the smart guys and girls who become hosts have actually um, not only kind of helped support other people, but they've used it, if you like, as, as the sales and marketing arm of their property business and to raise credibility, et cetera, because they can bring letting agents, the state agents this meeting there. They say, oh yeah, it's a national organization. This person's the, the host. So it kind of has really helped them as well. And so we, some of our hosts have been here like, I know, I think the longest one is probably about 12 years they've been doing it, um, which oh, is wow. pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, just a couple of things that you said there. I mean, the, the growing the personal brand, but in turn, it's, it's helping others and it's helping Pin, right? So it's a win-win-win for Absolutely. everyone there. Um, yeah, 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 I think that's, that, that's great what you've done there. And you've leveraged other people effectively. It's, yeah. you know, you couldn't have done 50 cities yourself. No, no you way. You can always go further as a team than you can by yourself. And, and that's that's testament to you. And like you say, I'm a big believer in win-win in business. And yeah, definitely what this by the sounds of it is, it's it's pins winning by other people growing it for for pins, yes. but they're winning also by helping others and, and helping themselves. Yeah. And, and it's interesting you mentioned that because I think you know, win-win is some people approach business, life, property that you know they've always got to be the winner. That means someone else has got to lose. And actually what I teach in property investing is if you find people, uh, motivated sellers who have problems, uh, they might need speed or certainty. And if we can really try and find out what their problem is, not, not to take advantage, but to try and help them and to really come from a place where we're trying to put them first and understand what we can do to help them out. And if, if what they want matches what we want, we can give them a great solution. So it's always looking for the win-win. And because when you do that, We've had many of our students who've said that they bought properties and other people have sometimes offered more money than they've offered. But because the owner trusts my clients and likes them and they can see that actually they're trying to help them out as well. You know, money is not the most important thing for everyone. For many people, it is, but not for everyone. We, we want to find those maybe five percent of people who are truly motivated, find a great win win solution. And of course, we want to make money. We're not doing so charity, but I believe you don't need to screw anyone else over. I think you can do it in a really ethical way. And unfortunately, that's not a view shared by a lot of people in the property world who, who yeah. just want to get the best deal for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. That, that Again, that's another good point. I think there's, unfortunately, you know, there's a lot of them online. If you just look at Instagram, it's the same things, the same that they're doing one thing and all you have to do is check companies' house. They, they, yeah. they do it half the time. They don't have as many assets as they're talking about. They don't have the amount of property that they're talking about. They don't have the cash flow that they're talking about. You know, it's not hard to find these things out, but because someone's good at brand and are good at marketing, they're portraying themselves to be something that they're not. And, and unfortunately, that the property education space does seem to have a lot of that, doesn't it? Like, yeah, it does. You know, I'm, I mean, you know, everyone, everyone's got to start somewhere. You know, when I started in oh, 2003... Um, I suppose I'd been investing eight years then I'd replace my income, but I'd done it very, very slowly. And, and I was showing people how to do it quicker than me. And I guess, to be honest, I was kind of relying on, well, you know, I'm helping people who are, who are further behind than me and I'm just letting them catch up. Right. I'm helping them catch up to me. Um, but nowadays, uh, and then, and I've been teaching for 18 years and over 18 years, uh, what many people say to me, one of my skills is taking what might seem like a complicated subject and breaking it down so that people not only understand it, but understand how they can implement it on a step-by-step fashion. But because I've been investing 18, or teaching other people 18 years, investing 26 years now, and, and I've made a huge number of mistakes in my investing, particularly in the first eight years, and also I've seen other people make mistakes, I've also got the practical 
depth of experience to help because there are some people who who might have been investing three or four years they start teaching and they they don't really have enough track record themselves and they're just relying on that one property ahead of the people they're helping which is is not going to be sustainable if that makes sense and I, i don't claim to know everything far from it you know i'm learning all the time because i'm still actively investing which i think again is important if you're teaching people um and also why wouldn't I? Because there's such great opportunities right now. But I think, yeah. you know, whenever you look for someone to uh, to work with, you need to look for a few things. First of all, you've got to make sure they've actually done what you want to do. If you want to replace your income and, and they've not done that yet, well, how are they going to help you get there? Yeah, exactly. Secondly, you need someone who's, um, as I said, become good at explaining what they've done. And teach. Just because someone's been successful, that doesn't mean they're any good at teaching other people to do that as well and then i suppose the test of that is to make sure you know have they got some case studies have they got some people they've been able to help and transform their lives um and you know you need to check that out and then i think also you want to try and work with someone or, or a company that's not just a one-man band you know mm. if you do some mentoring or something that's great but well you know if they're as successful as they say they're they're going to be on holiday sometimes they're going to be busy with their family or they work on their property they may not be available all the time so that's why when i started mastermind one of the reasons i did my year-long training program is people were asking me to mentor i I just didn't have the capacity to do it so i thought why don't i get a load of people together and it's rather than just a seminar we actually get together every year uh, sorry every month and you know we can not only teach them but get them to help each other and then you know we can all learn as a group when we mastermind the concept coming from napoleon hills think and grow rich and i'm a big fan of mastermind i'm in a couple of not property but business related masterminds in america that i that i go to and i think that concept of of people working together and helping each other is is much better than i'm the teacher you're the student listen to me it's got to be more collaborative and really understand so i think that's why our students tend to do quite well because of this supportive environment and so so, yeah, if you want to do training with someone, go and check them out because there are lots of people who are talking all sorts of hype and rubbish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I think that's great advice, actually, on when selecting the coach. Make sure that they've done what you want to do because if, if you want to do HMOs, but they're, they do SA... Yeah, they're not, they're not going to have yeah, the knowledge exactly. to help you. They can have to sense because it, it, it's not... It's not I and mean, I think there's, there's two elements. You need to have technical knowledge, know-how, but also you need to have mindset. So a good coach can help your mindset and motivation, but but you do need to know the technical stuff to be able to do property. Mm. Yeah, de- definitely. You know, you wouldn't go to a rugby coach if you wanted to learn how to play football. And no. you, know, you wouldn't go to a really overweight person and that's what diet advice. <laughs> but isn't it amazing how many people speak to their friends to get property advice and their friends don't have any property? Yeah. Yeah, the make down the pub. Who probably? I'm like, Dad, oh, Dave, Dave down the pub. Doesn't, <laughs> doesn't think I should do this. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But I, I just wish that somehow the, the this educate the property education space could be cleaned up a little bit because there is a lot of laggers and bluffers out there. But, yeah, um, well, no, I think no, I, you, no, it's just it's about doing your due diligence doing your research yeah. and asking around and you know the, it's very easy to check things out on the internet these days just do your research that's what i said yeah absolutely absolutely great point so so it's scaled to, to obviously the the largest i'm assuming it's the largest property it is the largest network. Network. Yeah, yeah. there are there are a few other companies who i think probably train more people than we do and that's probably because i think that I, I still do a lot of the training because I love to do the training. I do have a right-hand man, Annie Haynes, who's like brilliant. He knows pretty much everything I know as well. But 
I, I actually enjoy what I do. And, and so that's why I've not really had other, there were some other companies that they've got other people running stuff now. And again, they've got kind of people who are their students who are teaching nothing wrong with that because they're specialized in a certain subject. Um, but that's why we've only gone to a certain size. Um, but so in terms of training, there are bigger companies, but in terms of the network, uh, we are definitely not only the longest running, but also the largest network around the UK. Soon, soon to be around the world, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, you just told a bit of, of, of air there, which I'm sure you'll share about what's what's coming next for PIN. But um, but just just before we jump onto the current and where your attention is and what, what you foresee going forward, um, you mentioned you're still active. What's your general strategies? Do you do loads of different strategies, Simon? Are you into... So I've, I've, got, a, I've got a couple of things. For, for the last probably eight or nine years, I've done a number of developments. Okay. Uh, I've taken... Uh, I've done a few care homes into apartments done a pub into a guest house, done a couple of houses into three flats and seven flats, um, done a youth centre into 20 flats. So I've done kind of developments. And, and here's the thing, when I say I've done them, I've been part of a team doing them. Uh, I, I don't count myself as a development expert. I've had JV partners, I've had project managers look after that. I've often sorted out the financing and the money and those kind of things. Um, but actually, I'm, I'm going back to HMOs, uh, houses of multiple occupation, um, I think they are a very stable um, cash flow, um, a very high generating cash flow. My, my caveat to HMOs is that there is an oversupply, I believe, of HMOs in most areas. And so people think, well, why, why would I want to do it? There's an oversupply. The point here, Terry, is there's an oversupply of very average stock. You know, the Magnolia walls are not such great furniture. And, you know, if you're going to do HMOs, don't do that. Don't be like everyone else. What you need to do is have a very high end, a high spec, you know, a, a great looking, a very functional property um, that it's not just a room and a house, which is what most HMOs are. It's this kind of this co-living concept where people are living as part of a community. And and the way you do things like that is, you know, you have you have dining areas that are big enough for everyone to sit around and eat as a household. You have the outdoor space. You, you make something of that rather than just a, a grotty garden. So it's, it's really making the most of the house and making it feel like a community rather than just a room in the house. And when you do that, your tenants tend to stay longer. It's quicker to get tenants in as well. And also they pay more rent. Um, you're not trying to compete on rent like everyone else is. You're charging a higher rent for a quality product. And there's always going to be a discerning market, people who want that better product. And it makes a lot more money. So uh, I think high-end HMOs is the way to go, um, but you've got to do it right. A lot of people get put off HMOs because they don't understand about licensing and planning, all of which are important. They're actually totally separate. People often think they're the same thing. Um, so HMOs, I, I, I haven't really got much experience myself in service accommodation. I think given the, the staycation boom of 2021, I think for the next couple of years, that's going to be an opportunity. So I'm, I'm just starting to get into that. It's not an area of my expertise. And the other area that it, I'm very new to and I'm kind of learning about is actually um, social and supported housing. And it's, that's not just renting to benefit tenants. I've, I've had benefit tenants for many, many years. It's, it's specialized um, and I've got someone in my community who's a real expert at it. And so I think that's a huge growth area. Um, and to do all of those, I quite like taking commercial units and instead of turning them into small flats, turn them into purpose-built co-living, larger properties or specialized 
supported accommodation uh, units. So, so that's kind of the, the strategy I'm looking at and I'm going to be doing this year. And I think they're, they're going to be pretty big personally. No, I love that. Love that. Um, yeah, I agree with the, the standing out, that the high end stuff. If you do be the same as everyone else, you're going to get the same result as everyone else on yeah. it, you know. Yeah. Um, Let me turn this off. Excuse me. Sorry. Yeah, yeah don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah, the dog barking as well. well yes, yeah, well, that's the joy of working from home, right? Thought <laughs> 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 I'd turn my phone off. Apologies for that. No, no, it's no problem. No problem. And you know, it's live yeah. as well, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's raw. It's just run with it. But um, no, that's good. Thanks, mate. Um, so that's so. So that's so kind of how it started. How it's going. What's next for Payne and what's next for Simon? So it, it's really interesting. Uh, during the uh, pandemic. Uh, we put everything online and that was, uh, I, I was looking forward to a bit of time off of the pandemic actually, but it was the reverse. It was a really busy, tough time. And, um, and interestingly, uh, you know, sales were a bit down to be fair. I think a lot of people were cautious, not worried, but because we weren't running events um, and it, you know, people look at events and think, Oh, you make a lot of money. They don't realize how expensive it is to, to hire a venue and get the sound and light. It's cost a lot of money to do these things. And so, um, so, uh, we actually had a pretty good year, 2000 and, and 2001. And we were approached in 2000 by a company that I've worked with, someone who, who I've actually been mentored by in my business. I've always used coaches and mentors to get to another level. A guy called Roger Hamilton, who runs something called Genius Group. And they're a Singapore-based international business that help business owners become uh, more successful. And um, he created something called Wealth Dynamics, which you might have heard of. You should go and check out. It's a really, really powerful tool. And I've known Roger for many years. Uh, we promoted his things. He's promoted us. And because he's mentored me, he, he understands the business very well. He's, he's seen under the hoods, knows all the figures. And um, he approached me, said, Simon, uh, we are going to float Genius Group on the New York Stock Exchange. We're doing an IPO. And I'd love to buy your business as part. And there were five businesses buying as part of it. We're the only property one he's buying. Uh, his idea is to become uh, this kind of education business uh, for every walk of life. So they, they bought a university in America. They've got one of the companies they're buying helps uh, kindergarten kids. And the whole idea is to kind of provide an alternative education to complement the existing system because the existing oh, wow. education system is out of date. Um, and so uh, I've agreed to sell. I made a very good offer, um, but I'm not just leaving the property world. I'm, I'm staying as CEO probably for the next two to three years. And my job is going to be very much growing PIN and our training around the world. So uh, we will be going to pretty much every English speaking country first of all, and then obviously uh, foreign ones as well. And um, yeah, so I'm, I'm massively uh, excited about that because I mean, yeah, it's going to be like a whole new business. And I love the, the creative side of that. So that's what I'm going to be doing on the, that side. Um, I'm probably going to spend more time with my wife, I think, and, and hopefully get back to a bit more travel. I love international travel, so that'll be part of the job as well. Um, and I think I, because I love training, even when I finish that, I, I, I won't be doing that forever. Um, I'll be doing some sort of training because I, I just love helping people and, and seeing people grow and develop. Mm. Love that. Sounds, sounds really exciting. I'll be, I'll be looking forward to seeing, seeing that, that grow. I'm sure it'll be online and stuff. So that, that'll yes, be great. thank you. Just like what you've done over the years from creating, from the being no property networking to being the biggest and, and getting the big exit by the sounds of it is, is yeah inspiring so so fair play um okay cool just a couple of questions that came to mind as, as we were talking about that um you mentioned how you've got these people that run the different events for you um yeah, yeah. 
is any key attributes that you feel makes a good coach or makes a, you know, because I imagine these yeah. people are coaching, not just running the, the events, but um, any key attributes that you feel makes a really good property coach? Yeah. So, so first of all, so, so what well, we've got, we've got the hosts who run the meetings and they, they facilitate those meetings and then we have separate property coaches. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so for, for a host, um, <clears throat> I think first of all, you know, they, they need to be someone who is, is fairly confident speaking. We, that doesn't mean everyone's big, loud and brash. We've got some who are fairly quiet spoken, but they're, they're confident about what they do. So I think mm-hmm. uh, in terms of their presentation skills, and look, most people don't like standing up in front of other people, but we train people how to do that and, and teach them. And, mm-hmm. and once people start doing it, most people kind of love it. They love the adrenaline rush. They, yeah. they love the, the feeling of helping people. Um, obviously, we want people who are successfully investing in property. We want people who are walking the talk, um, who have been successful themselves. And, and most of them are still investing. But the good news is someone's got to the point where actually they don't need to invest anymore because they've got enough properties to replace their income. And what they're doing is just maintaining their current portfolio buying the occasional really good deal that comes up and they don't need to stress and a big mistake i think people make terry and property is they they say well i'm doing this job which i may like or don't like and i want to replace the income from this job with income from property and they start to get into this rat race in property where they're buying 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 and actually they've just bought themselves another job and might be under their own terms rather than work with someone else. But it's like a job they can't get away from. So the way I teach people to invest is that recognize when enough is enough and when actually you don't have to put the, the you know, your foot to the pedal and go full steam. You could take life of it is and enjoy it. What, the whole point for me about investing is to give you choice and freedom to do what you want to do with your life. So actually, if I had to choose property investing or training and I could only ever do one of them, I would ditch the property because it's the training I love to do, but it's the property that's given me the income to allow me to do what I want to do. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And again, I think, I think that is a really good point. That's not really talked about very often is when is enough enough? Mm. You know, just, just me personally, I, I haven't slowed down for since I was 19. I don't really know how to slow down. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, I've got children, I've got a family life as well. And I do have a balance. But I've never actually personally thought about when is enough enough. Yeah. It's, the way it's, I am well, right now. Encourage, I'd encourage you and everyone to do that because because mm. and, and look, I, I'm not the kind of person I could sit on a beach and do nothing for the rest of my life. I, no. I want to be doing mm. something. But my question, I think a lot of people get into property and they, they do a lot of and they're successful. But my question, well, is that really what excites you? Is that really what floats your boat? Or is it you started as a mechanism to do what you want and you just kind of never stop doing property so it's a really good question what if you want yeah if you want a hundred million pounds on the triple rollover that next saturday what would you be doing next week how would you spend your life and then the buy, buy 400 million pounds of the property and leverage it all no <laughs> 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 um, but no it, it is a really good point and, and for me kind of once you get the 10 or 20 and then once you get the next level then it just does become like for me anyway it's a bit of like a game and I want to keep testing myself and yeah keep going in it in that and yeah but I think some people maybe haven't thought of it like that um you know some of my staff and the other businesses that I'm involved in I do goal setting with them about what do they want to achieve and it's five property or ten properties normally the ones isn't it and I'll place yeah. my income is two three grand a month but then when they get that it's like right what next yes and they need to keep moving that, but sometimes you, 
as you're going up the ladder, it's something you should look down, not just always open. I think that's absolutely. Absolutely. Look, you know, you, you can keep going, keep getting more properties and scanning up, scanning up, but then you know, more hassle, more time can come with that. Obviously, you, you delegate other people to help you out. But again, it's just about remember why you're doing all this. What's the purpose? And that, that's the point I wanted to make, I guess. Yes. I, I think that, that's a real, real good point that anyone listening should should take on board and have a think about why are you doing it and what's your sort of personal goals, personal vision, um, yeah. not just your property and financial. Um, so just going back to the question, so that's a, on a host and a coach, what makes a really good property investor because you've seen thousands in your time? Do, uh, you yeah. Know, um, what would you it, say? Any key attributes? So I think uh, mindset is really important. And when I talk about, what, what do you mean by mindset? Well, I, I break mindset down to the ABC of mindset. A is for attitude having the, the can-do, positive, you know, the glass is half full, it's not half empty kind of attitude and, and, mm-hmm. and belief that there's always a way. Um, and B actually stands for belief. So belief of, of what's actually possible. You know, some people think, oh, it's not possible to replace your income for property. Well, of course it is because mm-hmm. thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people have done it. So you, you've got to have an open mind. You've got to believe what's possible. And if someone else has done it, it means that, you can do it. It's possible, but you've got to have the belief that you can do it. And the C from ABC stands for courage, because for you to be successful, for you to change your life, you're going to need to do things differently, different from what you're doing now. And that can take courage. That can be scary. You've got to step outside your comfort zone. Um, and so those are my three points, ABC of mindset. I think mindset is having, having the, the belief that you don't know it all, having the belief that there is a better way and actually you can learn how to do that. So that, that's the first thing, that willingness to learn and willingness to accept that maybe what you've done in the past may not be the best way of doing it. So that's the first thing. Then I think the ability to, to, to actually be coached, be taught, um, you know, I know exactly what anyone, when I've spent a bit of time with that, I can know exactly what they need to do. I can tell them what they do, but they just need to be open to that and actually listen to that and then go and take action. Um, you've got to be persistent. You know, property investing is not easy. Um, I, I don't think it's difficult. I think it's straightforward when you know how, but it's not yeah. easy. Because easy, sometimes people say, oh, property is get rich quick. Well, you can make a lot of money in property, but get rich quick suggests there's no effort. There is absolutely effort and there is absolutely time required. But what I like to remind people terry is think back to that first example i gave my first proper rental i was making 500 pounds a month from just a very small three-person hmo and i was spending about an hour or two a month doing that so actually the time and effort you put in up front is going to be the greatest effort and then to maintain that there's very very little effort at all in fact you can, which is what I do now, delegate all the management to other people. Now, you, you pay for that, obviously, and maybe you don't do that at first because you want to get income, but you'll get to a point where you can actually step back and other people do it for you, and then it truly can be very, very passive. I spend about one hour per week managing the people who manage my properties, and I have a, a call once a week on a Monday to look at the finances and talk about any problems, and that's it. I could do it from anywhere in the world. And often I do make that call from somewhere in the world. Well, not for the last two years, but you know, um, I often do that. And so um, it's that flexibility that you get from property. So you've got to be persistent. You've got to be, have the open mind. You've got to be coachable training. Um, 
And, 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 and you've got to recognize that some of the things that you think are correct and believe to be true may not be correct. For example, a classic, classic example is uh, as a homeowner, we're told the debt is a bad thing and we should pay down the debt as quick as possible. That's what that financial advisor told me. And he was right if you're only ever going to have one property. But actually paying down your house or, or your investments is not the best way, especially when you want to grow at first. You should use equity in properties, take refinance, take that out and use it as a deposit to buy more until you get to the point where you have enough. Then you can pay some down if you want, depends on your tax situation. But, you know, it's, it's a different way of thinking to the conventional thinking that we've all been brought up with. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. I think I think it's bang on. And something you said there about um, not everything you think now right now is is right. Someone said, to, I think it was a previous guest, it might have been Alfie Best, said, "Just because you're rich, it doesn't mean that you're right." Absolutely, absolutely. Such a good one, that isn't it? Because some people do when they get a few quid behind them, they're buying some properties. You think you're invincible. Everything, everything I see is right because I'm I'm wealthy. I've got money. But that, and you said it like. It's not the case. Yeah. Things change. Markets change. Strategies Sometimes change. The, the hardest people to for me to help are people who've been investing in property 10, 15, 20 years, and they've been successful. And they, they, they've just found some of the works and they cookie cutter, repeat, 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 which is great. But, but they sometimes believe that, right, that's how, that's how it should be done. I know what I've done. I'm making money. And, and they shut down their mind to other op- opportunities. Mm-hmm. And when they, when we've had people come on our training, particularly our master, we've had people who've been investing 15, 20 years mm. and they've taken the time to build up portfolio. And then because we get them thinking differently, because we get them to really understand about leverage and tapping into other people's resources, we've had people who've doubled up in a year what took them 15 years previously. Which is, so and you kind of think, well, why didn't they do that before? Because they weren't in the right environment. They, they, they had to open their mindset and had to maybe learn some, some different ways, some smarter ways of doing things. Yeah. Not saying what they did was wrong. It served them, at, you know, I bought a number of properties, Terry, which seemed like good ideas at the time, knowing what I knew at that time. Mm. But looking back now with the power of hindsight, I wouldn't buy some of those properties if I had the chance again. And anyone who's been in property for a while and has got a reasonable size portfolio, if they're honest, they'll say that as well. You know, someone who says they've got amazing properties, they've never made a sex, just talking complete rubbish. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, you're, you're bang on. Yeah, you're absolutely spot on. There's loads of gems there, I think. And it's great advice from someone who's very experienced and been around the block for, for years, as, as you have. So, and I, I'm still learning. I, I don't claim to know. Let's say I'm, I don't really understand about this social housing. It's a completely different way, a different language they speak. So I'm, I'm educating myself. I'm learning from someone how, how I can get into that because I don't want to take a long time. I think there's an opportunity now. I want to get up to speed as quick as possible. I'm the best way to get it. So I'm very open mind. I, I always look, whether it's business property, I want to learn something. I'll look for the people who've done what I want to do and are good at transferring that knowledge to other people. And I'll, I'm happy to pay them for that. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely being open-minded enough, no matter what level you're at. There's Absolutely. always one above you anyway, yeah. no matter who you are. Yeah, um, Love that, love that. Um, just, to, just to sort of wrap up, if the show's called The Rags to Riches Show. Simon, I know you haven't spoke offline, you haven't exactly came from rags, it's been a good upbringing. Um, but going from rags to riches can mean just going from something 
to something bigger or going from nothing to something, being self-made. Yeah. Um, but what does the phrase being rich mean to you? Because being rich, you can be rich in time, in monetary yeah. terms, in assets, but what does being rich mean to you? Yeah, it's really interesting, actually, because um, I, I think you, you uh, at times if you use the word rich or wealth, and sometimes they're interchangeable, but yeah. same thing, wealth doesn't necessarily just mean money. Rich doesn't just mean money. I think if we, let's just purely talk about rich, I think rich can be your experiences you've had, the life you lived, the, the tapestry that you have sewn over the years, if that makes sense, not to be too much of a pun, but it, it, it's your life. And, and I come back to what I said at the beginning about actually your network, your relationships. And I've, I've just done one of my, uh, I have my podcast and I just recorded an episode about what I call relationship capital. And I think that's what I mean by that is it's the, the relationships you have with people. And for, after all, property is a people business, right? Those relationships are people who like you, who know you, trust you, and would help you out. Not looking for anything, just help you out because they like you, right? And, and actually, um, I think that's true wealth. I think that's being rich when you've got relationships where you know, people want to help you out. They want to do things with you. And, and, you know, if you lost everything today, you know, you could get financially, you know, you get that back much quicker because of that relationships and, and, and those connections you've built up over the years. So I think that's uh, being rich. And I also think uh, your mindset, you know, your mindset is so important. You can have a rich growth orientated mindset, which is very different from a, a stuck fixed mindset. And, and there are some people who, who are rich financially, but they don't have a very enriched life. Well, yeah, I love that. Love that. It's all right as well. You know, it's, some of these really rich people, they, they, they don't, all they've got is money, right? Because they've yeah. sacrificed everything, isn't it? That's well, why they And sometimes they've got, they've got lots of money because they're really tight. So they don't like spending it. Well, I, I believe <laughs> yeah. You know, if you earn money, I think you should spend. I'm a great spender. I love spending money. And you, you want to help the money go around, right? You don't. Yeah. If you hold anything, it stagnates. So you mm. need to get things moving. Mm. Love that. I think that's a great way to, to, to end the show there. Thank you so much for coming on, Simon. If, if anybody wants to reach out to you, if anyone wants to find out more about what you guys do, uh, what's the best way for them to, to reach out? So a couple of things, uh, obviously, uh, if you want to go to one of the property investor network meetings, um, I'm sure we'll put a link uh, in the, the podcast description and below well, the video, yeah. but it's dead simple website. It's pin, P-I-N meeting, pinmeeting.co.uk. And what we'll do, Terry, uh, we, we can speak after this and come up with a, a code that people can use who've listened to this podcast. And if they've never been to a pin meeting before, it's only 20 pounds to come along, but what we'll do, we'll create a little code that'll be in the description that they can use to come to their very first meeting for free as, as our gift to them, as a listen to this podcast. Right, cool. Okay. So that's, if you want to learn about property, that's a good thing. Uh, you could obviously check out my book, Property Magic, which is uh, an Amazon bestseller. You can get it on physical, which I prefer, or Kindle, or even audio on Audible. Um, so that's a good way to kind of learn a bit more about what I do. And if you want to connect to me, uh, I've got, uh, there's a Property Magic podcast as well, which comes out every Tuesday. Check that out. Um, connect me on LinkedIn. The spelling of my surname is Zuchi, Z-U-T-S-H-I. Uh, so reach out, say you've come to this podcast, I'm happy to connect uh, and see how I can help you. So um, 
So it's been a real pleasure to speak to you. Thank you so much for asking me. Likewise. I hope everyone listening has been able to pick out some gems and golden nuggets going to be useful for them in their journey. And, and as ever, I just encourage everyone to invest with knowledge and invest with skill. Last. Love it, Simon. Thank you so much. So much, mate. Have a good rest of your day. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Cheers, mate.